Hey everybody, welcome to Adaptations Anonymous, a podcast where we talk about things that get made into other things, and uh, whether they're good or not. Most, uh, of, the, most of the time they're probably not going to be, just, yeah, just for they're, clarification. They're probably not. Uh, my name is Seth, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, my name is Mason, I prefer they, them, but fucking do what you want. And uh, we just watched uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and uh, The Last Airbender, the Nickelodeon movie. And they fucking sucked. <laughs> Both of them. The show, too. <laughs> no, the true. show is That's fine. not true. The show is fine. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say they. <laughs> so, the first thing, I feel like we should start by talking about the show because uh, we actually had a really interesting, like, dynamic where... I had, like, half seen the show. Like, you have seen the show. Like, you've watched the show. Yeah, I've watched... I like, I started... I First time I watched the show was in 2018. Uh, and I, I watched all of it in, like, a week. I loved the shit out of it. And I, I've rewatched it, like, five times since. It's a wonderful show. Yeah. For me, uh, it was a little different. For me, gro- like, growing up, I had, like, seen a lot of episodes of it. Just, like, between, like the episode of Mighty B and, like, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that, like, bookended it and, like, didn't really care. But, like, this is my first time watching the show. Meanwhile, I've seen the movie, and you hadn't before this. I, the, the, so the only scene I'd ever seen from the movie itself was, like, and I, I hate to make this comparison, but, like, I feel like they're baiting it in both the show and the movie. The, like, concentration camp-like scene... Um, in the movie, I'd only ever seen the bit where the guys are doing, like, the really strong martial arts to move a tiny rock. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that movie. Because it just looked disappointing, you know? Yeah. So I feel like, first, we should talk about the show and what we think about it. And, uh, I'll admit, it was pretty good. I, uh, I had never bought into, like, the hype that, like tumblr twitter culture gave it as like the christ show but like it's pretty good it's, i wouldn't it's definitely not my favorite show still but it's really it's really good yeah yeah no to, like it's 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 in my top five i'd say like it's, yeah, i, I it's, can definitely understand that yeah it's like it, even just in tv shows in general like i'd put that with like breaking bad and you know knows cowboy bebop definitely yeah. definitely like top two or three anime if you consider an anime yeah 100 percent. um what, what were some like bits from the uh the show that you like well, well i'm gonna try to focus this bit on you because like you've just seen it and you're kind of like fresh to it and you haven't even yeah. seen the the last three seasons you only watched the yeah. first season of the show so we could compare it to the movie so I, I took notes as we were, like, watching the show, and uh, I noticed that I had um a lot more to say about, like, the gimmicky side episodes that weren't, like, core plot-related than, like, the main ones. Like, uh, in, like, uh, episode, like, like, episode six, which is the one where they, like, go in and, uh, oh, spoilers for uh, these decade-old shows <laughs> oh, or movies, yeah. by the oh, way. Yeah. Uh, in, like episodes, in like episode six where they go and they like uh they go to the camp where like the earthbenders are being held and like free them 
And it's like there's this big, like, rise up against your oppressors moment. Like, it's a very important episode to, like, the main story. I have, like, two lines of notes for it. Meanwhile, you go to, like, uh, episode 14, which is where they go to talk to, like, the fortune teller and just, like, dick around in that town for an episode. I, I've got, like, half a page of, like, just, like, my thoughts on what's going on. Just because, like... Read them. Read some of them. So, like... Alright, uh... Aang is gonna be a seamstress now when they're talking about, like, uh... how he knows how to braid things. Uh... Aang is now horny for Katara. Uh... There's a platypus bear, uh... in all caps, (laughs) and then followed by parentheses, it did lay an egg. Uh... More eight-year-olds are horny for Aang. Uh... Aang is the the terrible anime trope of uh, looks 12 but is secretly 100 years old (laughs) brought to uh, haunting western reality. Uh, The Chad Sokka is not concerned with the petty issues of female gossip (laughs) because they were talking about like girl stuff in in, like the background. Yeah. Aang is simping over Katara and someone told Someone basically told Sokka checkmate atheists in this episode, and I don't know how to feel. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was. Oh man, the fortune teller. That was a very was good episode. Like I, I liked the. It's a weird thing where like, one of the flaws that I felt with the show was like. These side episodes aren't integrated very well. I feels the way to put it. Like, it feels like nothing is tying them to like the main plot outside of like, it's a stop along the way. Yeah. I, so like the plot, I'm not going to say the plot isn't important. The plot definitely for the show in particular is super important. Um, as if anything's important to the movie. Um, (laughs) but like, I feel like it probably doesn't drive it across like as well in the first season, but it definitely does later. It's definitely more like a character-driven show. Like yeah, the, I, the thing I feel people like, like the, the whenever you hear people talk about like you know the, it being like the Christ show, it being fantastic, it's because the characters are just incredible. Yeah, and I feel like as like after this first season, now that like the world is established and like we have our like core characters, it's gonna start like focusing in on like the main cast but like in this first season it feels like we've got like one or two plot episodes and then like a disconnected side episode that could probably be swapped with any of the other ones yeah also um one of my favorite uh the i guess another gripe i want to get my gripes with the show out of the way because I don't want to, like, focus on it for too long. Uh, I felt like the music in the show was, like, kind of forgettable. Like, if you asked me to right now, I probably couldn't, like, drum out any of the music from the show. It, um... Like, it's not bad, it's just, like... Yeah, it's forgettable. forgettable. I, it gets It definitely gets better as the show goes on. That is a fact. Like, there are some, like... There's some songs you've probably heard of from... Avatar The Last Airbender that you don't realize are from it. Yeah. Or maybe you do, you just like... But if you hear them, you know, yeah, that's Avatar. Yeah. That, they um, come up later in the show. I I, I feel like I have to make a lot of excuses for uh, season one, yeah. just because, like, uh, 
Because like, I've only seen season one yeah, so far, you, and there's yeah, three more seasons of it that have probably fixed a lot of the problems I have. Yeah, see, yeah season one is definitely like... It suffers from first season syndrome. Exa- of just like exactly. <laughs> setting I, I up a world. I didn't know how to put that. Yeah. When you take like an original work like this, you have to do a lot of work like setting up how the quote-unquote, like the magic system or like the bending system in this universe works and like how nations interact and what does and doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, maybe we can start from like, we start with like, go just episode by episode and like talk about them real quick just like yeah. each one just like instinctual like tell us what maybe what you have in your notes and like what you thought about the episode yeah um episode one like you know uh, boy in the iceberg yeah episode one boy in the iceberg uh we meet uh Sokka who's a misogynist uh we meet Aang the avatar he gets brought to a mad a village uh everyone there's just kind of chill about the fact that this boy who is actually their messiah and the last person of a race of people who have been extinct for a hundred years just being there now. Yeah, just chill. You know, by the way, you forgot to mention Katara. Yeah, Katara's also there. I just meant like, yeah, Katara's there, but like nothing about it just like stuck out as like something that I felt like noteworthy. Like as far as like, like I didn't know Sokka was a misogynist. (laughs) Uh, Zuko says the name of the show twice in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, all of the animals are hybrid animals. You learn pretty quick. And uh, Uncle Iroh, uh, the best character in the show, Yeah. Uh, but not the movie. That's a different character. Uh, shows that, like, bending is, uh, like, a very form-based thing and not just magic shooting with flailing going on. <laughs> Which I feel is a very important distinction from the movie. Ah, uh, ah, uh, fuck! I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, I, I tr- we, j- we watch, we finished watching the movie literally right before we started. Yeah, we, recording we went this. straight from like movie podcast. And it, it just, uh, I'm still like, I'm still like rolling. In. It's, <laughs> it's a cinematic disaster piece. <laughs> anyway, uh, episode two. Uh, I don't have yeah, a lot on this one. Returns. Just uh, Sokka is also xenophobic and kind of sucks at fighting. That's all <laughs> the notes I had for that one. We were talking a lot during that episode, though. Yeah, we did. Um, a little slow. There is the uh, you know, Zuko comes. He threatens the town. He brings him. He brings Aang up under the ship. Uh, Katara yeah. and Sokka are like, yeah, no, we gotta go after him. Yeah. Or like, at least Katara is, and Sokka's like, well, you're my sister. I'm not gonna let you do it alone. Yeah. Um. Aang fucks up everyone on the ship by himself. Uh, single-handedly. Single-handedly. Single-handedly takes down a boat of U.S. Marines. <laughs> and just bounces out of that shit. Just gone. I think at, at, towards the end, Katara ends up coming and helping. I think Sokka does a little bit as well, but not much. Yeah. Um, I rose asleep the entire time. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um... Uh, episode three, uh, the Southern Air Temple. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I asked was, uh, how how exactly does Appa fly? Because like, I understand that it's like magic and everything, but like, anatomically, like he doesn't like display anything that would allow an animal to fly. You know. Yeah. I, he just kind of does the the Superman thing of just like floating in a direction. 
Yeah, so, in, like, later in the show, it does explain that, like, all of the bending powers do come from, like, creatures. Like, there are, there are beings that, ha- like, have, are basically so the epitome is an airbender. of these things. Ape is, a, is an airbender, yes. Um, later you find out that there are, there are, like, these giant blind mole creatures that are, like, the earthbenders. Like, they are the epitome of what an earthbender is. Um... I th- yeah, it's dragons for the firebenders, and I think it's the I think it's just the moon for waterbenders. Yeah. Yeah, they explained that at the end of like the first season that like the moon was the first waterbender. Yeah, um, yeah. they kind of go over it a little bit. I put a monkey Yatso sounds a lot like monkey Hanzo, and <laughs> I did have to stop to to like digest that comedic genius in my own mind. Uh, oh, my my favorite recurring kind of awkward thing. Uh, the airbending noise being made with like the whoop tube thing. Oh, no, it's not the airbending noise. It's occasional. It's occasional like things that will happen in the show are like the the. Yeah, well, but, like in this one, it was like they were airbending, and it was, was it? like the the like. <laughs> it's so. Good. It, it happens throughout the first season, and I like never a realized it before. Times. And like it's the fact that they're for like different things too. Like I, I I like marked it down like every time it happened. It's so good. Yeah, we we it got to the point we we were stopping the show to point out every time it to happened to just like chuckle it was about glorious. the tubes. <laughs> uh, and then my final note was uh, the Agni Kai, which is lit, and like it, yeah. it it does a really good job of showing more of like the, the like, form and posture going on with bending. The Agni Kai's are just so fucking good. It was really cool. Um, on from that episode, episode four, the Warriors of Kyoshi. Yeah, Sokka opens by being a misogynist again, assuming he can take down lady assassins. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, this is this is this is the episode in which Sokka becomes a king. Yeah. Uh, and despite being a monk and uh, despite being like a Taoist monk and like probably having sworn to celibacy uh, is immediately out for that ass <laughs> oh god every time ang comes across an eight-year-old girl or a group of eight-year-old g- girls they all just like fall in love with him yeah i did put uh ang does get an eight-year-old harem which oh. calls in some questions as to whether or not ang is an adult technically it it also oh fuck I, I forgot we made this joke. It also brings in a question like, so I'm fairly certain Dan Schneider only ever worked for the live, like on the live action. Yeah. He, ne- but, uh, yeah, he only shows. like, he only made the live action shows. Yeah. But, so like he was a very high ranking person. There's a reason that Nickelodeon's logo was a foot for a while. <laughs> uh, so, by the way, uh, Dan Schneider trigger warning. <laughs> oh, that man God. is, uh, it, yeah, I feel it like makes... I should go put socks on now. <laughs> it makes one wonder. All, all of the weird stuff that goes on. Like, there are some scenes where, like, everyone has shoes on except for Katara and stuff like that. And it makes one wonder no, about it, Dan it, Schneider's this, involvement. I think the one time that we pointed out the feet thing was because uh, Sokka was barefoot. And oh, like his it? toes were weirdly animated. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was another scene. There was yeah, one. It was in a particular. different episode, but like that's when we brought up the Dan Schneider thing. Yeah. Um, 
anything else about this episode getting back uh, to it yeah so uh through the heat of battle Sokka learns to respect women <laughs> uh yeah yeah oh god what's her name uh god hold on yeah no i gotta google this because she's important in the way uh kiyoshi warrior what's her name kiyoshi warriors suki suki that's it yeah he meets suki uh hangs out with her learns to respect women and uh Becomes part of the Lady Brigade for, like, one scene. Yeah, like, he, he wears a skirt. They make fun of him for it. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's a, you know. It's, it's, it's a, it's joke. a, two, yeah, it's a 2010 show. Yeah. And, like, it's still, like, funny. Like, they're not, show. like. Jesus. Yeah. And it's still, like, a little funny. Just because it's, like, the guy, the misogynist character <laughs> is suddenly uh, wearing the Lady Warrior uniform. Yeah, but this this is the episode where it, it, the misogyny doesn't go away, but it it, it it slowly fades out after this episode. Like yeah, he, reali- he realizes learns that women don't suck. Yeah, he slowly learns women are queens, and <laughs> Sokka becomes a king in himself. Yeah. Um. Uh, anything else about that episode? Or? Uh, not not particularly. Information travels kind of awkwardly fast. Like yeah, I. Uh, again, I think that's because the place they were in in that that particular episode was like an archipelago, like they yeah. just boats got around quickly, yeah. and like Suk at Suko Zuko was just like constantly on their tail following them. Like he had a map of where they'd been and shit. Yeah. I I just assumed that like they were in the same general area and it was tightly knit. Yeah. Just uh, if not, just you know, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, episode five, the King of Omashu. Fun uh, episode. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, we learn that Aang is a, a, vege- a vegetarian, at least. Possibly vegan. King. King! Uh, king. Uh, we don't eat meat in this house. Uh, also, the kooky old... There's not a... This episode is, like, really weird, because, like, it feels, like, plot important. But, like, it's nothing not. happens. Yeah. They just kind of, like, goof around in a town, and, like... We learn that Aang knows old people. Yeah. Which gets so, brought up a couple more times throughout yeah, the season. There's... It's hard to talk about this bit without spoiling parts of, like, the later in the show. So I'm going to yeah. keep it a little vague. Um, But, like, Aang has to learn all the elements. Yeah. It's basically set up for a potential... Like, earthbending teacher. teacher. Yeah. yeah. Which it becomes just, like, a, an issue later in the show. Yeah. It, it just, like, it feels like... It feels a little, like, just weirdly out of place. Yeah. Like, just, like, a, it's a random fun episode. Yeah. It's a random fun episode that feels like it's, like, a plot episode, but it's not. Yeah. But I think that's just, like, the stakes of the scenario of, like, your friends might die if you don't beat my Rumpelstiltskin puzzle. Yeah, I... It's... <laughs> It was weird. I just, I always remember, I like, I remember liking it a lot just because, like, I just, I think about the scene where they're, like, sliding down the slide and it looks real fun. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, fun. It's just, like, weird. Yeah. All right, episode six. We gotta, we gotta start speeding up on these episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quick, 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 quick. Uh, episode seven, part one. Uh, 
I, I don't have the titles of the episodes. Oh, just you, the are, are we not doing episode six? Oh, right, episode six. Uh, the Fire Nation caused the Indian diaspora in this universe. Yeah, um, it's this is what I refer to as, as like, the Auschwitz. The, the Auschwitz scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't like using that phrase, but it just, yeah. it's... Well, I don't think it's, it's, it's a labor, like it's a, it's a very, like, labor camp thing. It's, it's slave labor. Yeah. Anyways, episode six, uh, the Fire Nation did, uh, displace the earthbending people and put them on a, uh, a steel, like, oil rig. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Katara, it, it kind of, like, this episode of Katara like, leads, uh, Katara kinda, leads a revolution. Yeah, it kind of characterizes Katara as, like, definitely probably the most moral of the group or at least like the most like willing to put herself in danger to do what's right yes um that's about it that episode yeah um episode very good episode it's just like there's not a lot to say about it we'll we'll go over episode seven and eight together uh the winter solstice the the yeah first half being uh, the one with the the panda bear the second half being uh the fire the fire temple yeah so, uh, for the first half, uh, I was kind of surprised. I thought that the, the spirit stuff would be more, like, non-tangible and, like, dubious, at least in the first season. But now there's just straight up a panda demon just, like, destroying a town King Kong style. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we meet, we meet the, the old, like, ma- like the, mount like or whatever, spirit, spirit animal. Yeah, no, we meet the forest spirit, but we also meet, like, the spirit animal of the previous avatar. Yeah. It's a dragon, which s- confirms that dragons exist in this universe. Which is baller. Just straight up flying scaled motherfuckers. Um, uh, yeah, not much to say about that episode. Uh, you know, Aang kind of learns how to how to be a spirit boy. Yeah. Um, we learned that uh, Uncle Iroh is like a disgraced general. Yeah, that like he was in some sort of war and it was like, you know. Yeah. Stuff. Um, and also, we get to see the T-posing CGI Aang on, like, that one glider scene. Oh, yeah. Um, it's so funny. I want to make that, like, my Twitter avatar. Yeah, this is find it yeah, this is really the episode we figure out that, like, Iroh's a badass. Not just yeah. a cool character, but a fucking, per- fucking pimp! Yeah, Iroh gets uh, kidnapped by a Earth, Earth Nation Benders. warrior, yeah. like, and, uh almost immediately sets up a trail that Zuko can follow, like, discreetly, and then, like, escapes and kicks their asses. Basically butt-fucking-naked. Yeah, butt-naked, like, wrists-bound, like, just, like, it's it's a pub stomp. Yeah. Um, episode 8, Winter Soldier. Episode 8, uh, General Zhao, the Zuko's main rival for this season, is back. He, uh, that's all I put there, because, like, I was kind of surprised to see him again. I thought we'd be done after, like, the Agni Kai. Uh, uh, we learned that Sokka, like, knows how to, like, is a bit of an engineer. Like, when he comes up with, like, the fire bombs yeah. to open the door in the fire temple. That becomes, like, so, a like, big characterization thing. Like, he he's, like, definitely a, a smart boy. He, yeah. he, he He's he an idiot, but, like, yeah. he's definitely, like, cunning. Or not, not cunning. Uh... He's not wise, he's smart. Yeah. That's that's probably the best way to put it. And also, uh, Aang does uh, create 
the new Fire Nation Temple any percent world record run. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost, Get it, yeah. Getting it, getting into fucking the Avatar room at 16 minutes and 20.24 seconds. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I forgot we made that joke. Yeah. Um, episode yeah, no, 9. Yeah, no, uh, in episode 8, we do learn a little more about, like, uh, that like the stakes of the show and like what what they're looking for. We learn about Sozin's yeah. comment. Yeah, we do get our we do get our like one year time limit for the show. Yeah, assuming that the show starts in like the summer or fall, they've got like yeah. a year before Sozin's comment. Um, episode nine, water the water bending scroll, the fucking pirate episode. Yeah, I don't remember the context for it, but the first line of my notes is Sokka is a fucking champion. I don't remember what what the context of this note is, but it's there. But it's but it's true. It is it's true fucking it's true. Uh, <laughs> Katara is able to steal from a pirate pirate pretty effectively, like pretty stealthily. Yeah. Um. One wonders about the things she's done in her past. Um. Uh, we learned that Aang can't airbend a net. Yeah. Like they just throw a net at him, and he can't do anything about it. Yeah. The air just goes through. Yeah. Uh, It confirmed airbenders defeated by nets in the rock, paper, scissors game. Nets are immune to airbender CC, new metagame tips and tricks. (laughs) Now that airbenders have been reintroduced into the meta, it's time to talk about the counterpick of nets. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Uh, Oh, so in this episode, uh, Katara and Aang find the water scroll. And they, like, practice, and Aang gets the hang of it pretty quickly, and Katara gets frustrated. And, like, you think, like, watching the episode, you think there's, like, a moral lesson being set up here. But really, all it is is Katara learns that, like, Aang is better and more important than her, <laughs> and she shouldn't get upset about it. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah. It kind of contradicts. Oh, yeah. she, she, she learns uh, stealing is okay as, as long as it's from pirates. Oh, yeah. Steal, stealing is wrong, asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> Unless but, yeah. it's from pirates. But it does, like, kind of awkwardly, like, flip around the whole, like, Sokka going through this whole thing of, like, hey, women are just as, like, cool and powerful as dudes. And then we get an episode where uh, Katara is not as good as the male protagonist. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a bit of a weird flip. We get we get more Zuko chasing, we get uh pirates. Um yeah. the pirates we get are cool. we get the pirates which are great. They're a fun like change of villain. Yeah, and they episode. also they do show up later. They do. Um but yeah, there's not much else to say about episode 9. Uh episode 10, Jet. Uh we get the line I'm not the boss, I'm the leader, which is <laughs> yeah. a a perfect encapsulation of every boss ever. <laughs> Um, um, we have, we have, uh, we, we meet basically Peter Pan and the Lost Boys, except, yeah, uh, except in trees. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, except they're terrorists, but that's yeah, and, and, Hey, uh, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys were definitely terrorists. Just I saying. Mean, the, the only people they terrorize are Captain Hook. Yeah, but I imagine if there were other people that weren't Captain Hook, they'd terrorize them as well. Yeah, anyways, uh, Jet and Jet and the gang, I don't remember their name. I think they're just called, like, the Resistance or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, basically, uh, we meet them, and everyone thinks they're cool, but then it turns out that they're actually just, like... Terrorists. Yeah, they're, uh, they're being racist in a misplaced sense of revenge against, like, 
the people that wronged them. And they try uh, which to, like, is like the whole Fire Nation. They're like fine. They're just like trying to fucking wreck yeah. everyone. They're they're no, trying to no they're the trying to blow up a like peaceful Fire Nation settlement. It's not even a Fire Nation settlement. It's a Earth Nation settlement that that is occupied fire, yeah. by Fire Nation people. And they're like, "Yep, let's just murder everyone in that town as yeah. long as the Fire Nation are gone. Doesn't matter." Yeah, and so they Sokka, blow up the dam and shit. Yeah, Sokka um, Jet, saves the day. Uh, Jet. Uh, Katara is horny for Jet, yeah. which makes me think, and also, like, everyone in, like, that group is okay, so I feel like Jet's gonna come up again later when they, like, retread through this part of town. Um, I actually don't remember, funnily enough. Just, like, he's a very coolly designed character. He reminds me a lot of Spike Spiegel, like, design-wise. Yeah, no, definitely gives me And he's got the the hook swords which are like the coolest shit ever yes dude oh man and the way they fucking use them is i forget the names of them i i I legit think they're called like hooks hook somethings uh yeah hook swords. yeah they're just called hook swords hutao is the like official name yeah hutao go those things are so sick dude (laughs) They're so baller. When he starts, like, linking them together and, like, swinging them around like a fucking, like, ball and chain, I I had to stand up. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh. Alright, episode 11. Uh, uh, the Great Divide. Yeah, so Aang learns diplomacy and becomes banned in Might and Magic 2. Uh, um, that's a, that's a learned... niche video game joke for anyone out there who gets it. Yeah, we learn about, like, inner... I I hesitate to call them races. We learn about interrace uh racism where yeah, like, one like, group of earthbenders really doesn't like another group of earthbenders. They're not even earthbenders, they're just like dudes. Oh yeah, they're no, just uh, normal earth, people. Earth, yeah, earth nation people. Earth kingdom people. Yeah. Um and Aang solves the issue by lying. Yeah. It's a very uh low st- low stakes like warring factions in the housing community level like <laughs> yeah goths versus preps level of rivalry yeah uh, oh fuck what were their names again do you remember the names of the groups uh i don't remember their names but like one is like a group of like rough and tumble like barbarian people yeah all i know are is fascists like... yeah <laughs> yeah no all i know all i know is the rough and tumble barbarian people were in the right yeah and Assuming that those that, stuck like... up fuckers are wrong yeah katara sides with the fascists uh anyways in this episode they have to cross a valley and uh these two tribes aren't getting along so ang has to like make them make peace with each other during their walk yeah and it's like an issue that derived from like a hundred years ago uh these two dudes from both the villages did some stuff and it was like yeah. argued about who old, was right who was wrong old, yada, like yada. one person wronged another and like now there's blood yeah feuds. yeah but no one knows who was wronged and who was righted and fucking yeah shit um but anyways their tour the guide yeah their tour guide breaks his arm so they're stuck down there like in 128 days later but eventually you know they get out uh there's more whoop tube noises in this episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh uh, Katara sides with the fascists pretty pretty quickly, and uh, Ang at the end of it, Ang tells them, quote unquote, the truth. He lies to them about what actually happened, to get them to stop fighting. 
Aang solves racism with a fairy tale, everybody. <laughs> no. Yeah, Aang lies about having known these two specific people from this, like, old folktale, basically. Yeah. And that they were little... It, it, you'd have to watch the episode. It's yeah. Uh, and it's wild, because, like, this is only the second time that, like, Aang is old and knows people is brought up. So you're like, yeah, okay. It's weird, but that makes sense. And then he turns around and says he lied. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> Excuse sure. me. Uh, anyways, that's about it for that episode. Episode 12. Uh, it's mostly just backstory. We learn why Aang uh, ran away from being the Avatar and uh, Zuko's whole deal. Zuko, yeah, we finally start learning about like Zuko's story, like for real, beyond just like his, like you know, it, it, daddy, daddy's. We learn why he's hunting the Avatar and like what led to it, and we learn why Aang ran away from being the Avatar. Yeah, we learn the best backstory for the dopest character. Yeah. But you don't realize that until later seasons. Um, Episode uh, that's thirteen. About it. Yeah, the blue uh, spirit. Uh, yeah, Commander Zhao is now an admiral. Uh, <laughs> I put for those. Uh, we're gonna date the podcast right now. We're recording this during the COVID nineteen quarantine. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, because uh, Katara and Sokka get sick, and I did put. Oh boy, the gang's got the virus. How topical. <laughs> Uh, oh man Zuko breaks into the uh, Aang gets captured by uh, Admiral Zhao put in jail Zuko wears a mask and comes and rescues him and uh, I wrote down that I don't think I wonder if cleats exist in this universe <laughs> oh yeah or, like yeah. any form of like grip enhancing footwear yeah cause, cause like, uh, Aang is just throwing people around like it's yeah. nothing like, he's no pushing one, them across the ground Yeah, and like admittedly there, he's He's been shown to, like, be airbending with a significant amount of force, but, like, you'd think that, like, the nation that's, no like, known for, like, getting Making the tanks. upper hand in a three-on-one war because of their technological prowess would invent something that makes them harder to knock over by air. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we also get, um... Wait, it does become a recurring uh, character, like, later in the, the like, seasons. Um, the Blue Spirit. Yeah, um, which, which is, is uh, Zuko's Zuko. Batman dis persona. Yeah, um, it, it's it's honestly a fantastic episode. I honestly think I think it's like probably my favorite episode in like the first season. It's pretty Zuko, good. Yeah. Zuko breaks also... into the the place that Admiral Zhao locks up Aang and breaks him out purely yeah. because he doesn't want Zhao to 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 get, to take yeah. his way yeah. to get back into society. We also, uh, we learned that Zuko can use swords, which, uh, I feel might come up in the future. Yeah. Um, Just cause, like, I feel like a lot of the intrigue in, like, the later seasons is gonna come from, like, situations where people's bending is limited. I'm not gonna tell you anything about that, but you may right. not be right or wrong. Um, Alright. Yeah, but a dope episode. Definitely watch it. Um watch all of it obviously um episode 14 the fortune teller uh Good episode. this was probably one of my favorite ep probably <laughs> uh my favorite episode of the season i don't know i'd have to like look back and like the rest of the notes oh god i lost my place episode 14 uh so they go to a town uh that's famous for a fortune teller who uh predicts whether or not a volcano is going to destroy their city yeah. every year <laughs> 
yeah she's like a fortune teller we this is the episode we were talking about towards the beginning uh, with uh seth's notes um yeah. like it starts <clears throat> off the egg the gang's going through a forest they find this dude being attacked by a platypus bear um and he says don't worry the fortune teller told me everything's all right by the way she told me to give any strangers this umbrella and, and Sokka's then, like Sokka's like it's not gonna rain and then it starts raining and then he's like, well, it's not going to let up anytime soon. And then it stops raining immediately. And I'm like, yeah, no, Ooh. no, he, he's, he's specifically like, no, okay. see, fortune tellers are bullshit. All they do is like, you know, they make predictions that are obviously going to happen. Like I predict it's going to continue drizzling and then it stops raining immediately. It's like, oh, so this is God plays tricks on Sokka the episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we a little girl named Meng who's horny for Aang. Yeah. We learn that Aang is horny for Katara. We learn, uh, yeah. It, it, for the rest the, of the episode, they just like save them from a volcano. Yeah. Um. It, it, the episode's very like, I one of my favorite things about this episode, and it was actually a moment me and Seth had, uh, where it was basically so the the fortune teller is right, but like not but intentionally also, correct. Like, only right because the the rest of the show made her right. Yeah, like, like the the show's only like she's all she's correct in her fortunes, but she's only conventionally correct. Like, um, she she predicts the volcano isn't gonna destroy the town. Those specific words, and then the volcano erupts, but it doesn't destroy the town only because of the Ang Gang. By the way, that's what they end up. I'm pretty. I'm no, they don't call it the Ang Gang. They call it Team Avatar or something like that. Um, but basically, the group uh stops it from happening. Uh, and yeah. Seth's like, but wait a minute, the, the volcano did erupt, so she was wrong. And then the uh, like immediately after the show's a it, like, character explains, said, well, she predicted that it wouldn't destroy the town, and the Avatar came to save us. And I was yeah, like, yeah, and Seth was a dumb bitch. You got called out. I hate it. Also, someone did basically just tell Sokka checkmate atheist. They were like, a, I'm trying to remember the line. They were like, can your science explain why it rains? And he was like, yes, yes it yes, does. Yes, it can. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. good episode. Good episode. Right, um, uh, episode 15, Beto, Bato, Bato, Bato of the Water of the Tribe. tribe. Uh, Sokka and Katara meet a guy who is in their dad's, like, War group? party. I don't think He's, we ever yeah. learned, like, what... Like, why he... Oh, he was gone for the war. But it was yeah, very he, vaguely just, like, away at war. No, okay, so what What they... What happened... He's he's one of the crew... One of the group from the Water Tribe that Sokka and Katara are from. Um, yes. He was with the war party. He got injured, I believe, is what it was. Yeah, their ship, had to like, stay back. Yeah, Bato got injured and had to stay back while the rest... Their dad and the others left. Uh, we cut away to see... Uh, Zuko recruiting a uh, a bounty hunter with a mole hound thing that can like smell from continents away and it's pretty sick it, and yeah. like can paralyze people with its tongue. Follow. I did put in my notes. My notes are like, "Oh, hey, Sokka and Katara's dad is alive." Followed by this mole hound thing is sick <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> uh, we oh, learned that man. Uncle Iroh is not immune to the horny meter that is slowly raising on this show. Yeah, no, he it's it's weird because he doesn't do it at pretty much any other point in the show. Spare like I think some old ladies later. Yeah. Um, but he gets weirdly horny for this young woman. I put I put like for this I put the hetero lust is consuming this show like locusts. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, um, the nuns. 
that they meet are also pretty chill about meeting basically the avatar Jesus. Yeah. yeah uh we learn uh there's a scene where ang is a. Uh, made uncomfortable by the presence of animal skins being used as like rugs and like clothing which makes me like think that Aang is shock. vegan and not just uh vegetarian and yeah no i believe he's like straight up king yeah. but there is a scene in like an earlier episode where he's like is that an egg tart and he's like drooling over it so oh yeah maybe but then again this is like medieval ages they don't exactly have just egg in the avatar universe yeah um I'm trying to think uh, what else what else happens in the episode. There was uh you know uh, they Aang gets a note that's trying to tell Bato and the gang where to go and uh he hides it. Because he's been feeling like left out because they've met someone from their tribe and he like feels yeah. like he's scared they might he feels like, like go he for can't their dad bond with rather their personal yeah. experiences. Yeah. Uh anyways, they leave in a fit of rage when they find out that he was lying to them. But then when they realize that Aang might be in danger, they turn, they give up their personal stuff to go back and help Aang. Uh, the moral of the story being that Aang is more important than whatever you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the actual moral is like, you know, friends are friends. Or yeah. Friends are friends. I, I, I'll admit, that correct. was a joke. Like, yeah, no, I get it. But, but, yeah. but you it's, are correct. Yeah. Uh, episode 16... Uh, they go to a fire festival, yeah, not with deserter. a Y. <laughs> yeah, they go to a fire festival, no Y. Uh, we learned that magicians exist in this universe, which I don't know why that threw me off for a second when we found it out. <laughs> it's just because, like, there's there's already, like, people doing magic and shit. Like, do you need... Yeah. Uh, in any universe where there are people who do magic, magicians just don't exist. Yeah, like, street... like. Like, you've got people who shoot fire from their hands as, like, a 50-50 chance of being born with it. You're telling me there's, like, a street performer who, like, makes, like, the nine of diamonds appear in his hand? And the answer is yes. And also, <laughs> he is shooting fire from his hands while he does it. And it's sick. Oh, yeah. I, we, we learned Aang doesn't understand, like, performance yeah, art. so Katara volunteers to be part of the magician's, like, trick. And, uh... He's very clearly doing, like, a bit where, like, oh, no, she's in danger. Ooh. Yeah, she, oh, tame the fire dragon. And, like, there's no pretense of it being anything other than, like, a cheesy magician trick. And Aang decides to blow his cover, jump on stage, and make a tornado <laughs> to blow it away. Yeah, it, um, uh... It was weird. It is, I is like they couldn't figure out how do we get uh stuff to go wrong. So they yeah. just did it. Um, um, we um we meet the what comes to be Ang's like firebending teacher, quote unquote. Yeah, kinda. this uh this disgraced firebender general who abandoned the Fire Nation. Um, uh, we find out he also used to be the firebending master of General Zha uh, Zhao, or Admiral yeah. Zhao, rather. Actually, um, this is, like, one where I had a lot of notes about just how, like, bending works and stuff, because, like, uh, it's kind of weird how, like, I guess I never took it, how, like, uh, firebending would be more about, like, controlling something that, like, is so amorphous and wild rather than, like, extending something, like... You always see fire as, like, an angry thing and not something that you need to, like, be level-headed and, like, cool to control. 
Yeah, no, like, we, I, I think this was the episode me and Seth had a conversation about, like, kind of what's up with, like, fire bending and, like, uh, all the bending types and stuff. And, like, because one of the first things Seth, like, made comment about was, like, fire, fire bending just seems so weak. Uh, yeah. uh, like, fire, all, all fire the other... is, like, in a vacuum where, like, the, the, like, rules of, like, the Avatar universe don't exist. If you just put, like, four people with these elemental powers in a room, the fire wielder is, like, the most shit out of all of them. Just, like, objectively. Yeah, not even because, like... Because, like, water can put out fire, you can stamp out a fire with rocks, and you can blow it out blow with out. air. Yeah, like, I, like... Yeah, not even because it's the weakest, just because it's it's outclassed. It's it's countered by all the other elements, is the thing. And yeah, and we start having so I kind of had to explain the concept of like why fire isn't as bad as like it necessarily should be. Um, there I I believe there's some episodes in later seasons that go on about how like, well there there's even this episode in particular kind of like explains what's up with fire. But we had a conversation about like, you know. Air actually kind of, like, hurts your chances when you're fighting fire in certain circumstances. And then, like, fire is one of the only two elements you can kind of create out of thin air. Just, like, make happen. Yeah, you don't need an existing fire nearby to firebend. You just Which make is, it... like, a massive advantage. Yeah. Um, which is another issue I have. We'll talk about the movie <sighs> when we get to the movie. Sorry. Um, yeah, um, so Aang learns a few things about firebending. Uh, he accidentally burns Katara. In uh, the most bullshit scene in the season. A little. Um, it, it's a, it's a scene where Aang, like, learns self-control-ish. Yeah. Um, it's a scene Katara... where, like, Aang learns the consequences of his actions, but, like, by, in a scene where he does something, that's, like, definitely not the most harm he's brought to a person in this yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely hurt people way more than that, but I think it's the first time he's hurt someone, like, close. Like a friend, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we learned that Aang is too, like, childish and not in control of himself to be a firebender. Yeah, Katara learns uh, she has, like, healing capabilities. Um, yeah. And which immediately is, like, only heals a... the wound, which makes the, the whole thing about Aang needing self-control a little bit of a moot point. Yeah, <laughs> because... um... Yeah, it, it it I agree. It just makes it kind of a moot point. Um Aang's like wins the day against in Admiral Zhao by yeah. like taking advantage of the fact that he knows Admiral Zhao uh yeah. it doesn't have self-control. Yeah. It makes him, Admiral Zhao like, burns burn down, down own ships. their own boats in their fight. Um the fire bending teacher and all the people who are like following him and like this other gorilla group that wasn't jets um they get away. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Episode 17. Uh, the Northern Air Temple. Cool episode. Yeah. Uh, two, like, side notes that I had put were, um, one, wow, there's, like, three episodes left to fit, uh... Four episodes, but... Or, yeah, there's, like, four episodes, if you count this one, to fit what makes up, like, half of the movie. Uh, and then I put, I wonder what the cryptids are in this universe. Because, like, <laughs> all the normal animals are, like hybrid animals like what we would consider like like a mothman or like the jersey devil kind of thing yeah um did, did, ha, uh, the 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 face dealer when did that show up did that show up after or before this uh that's after this because we've not talked about it yet good because you never brought up the cryptids thing and 
are you sure it came after this? Yeah, we haven't talked about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I that's in like the late yeah one of the last few episodes. You're right. Um, yeah, I I you didn't mention anything about yeah. It. I it's think episode I twenty. It's the yeah. final episode. Yeah, we don't mention anything. You never mention anything about cryptids, so that's kind of like a fun, fun little thing that does end up coming up. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is the episode where cultural appropriation exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. The gang goes to the Northern Air Temple where a bunch of Earth, uh, Earth Nation people have moved in and uh, industrialized it, basically doing this world's version of, like, gentrifying this uh, this air temple by filling it with, like, steam engines and stuff and, like, putting yeah, pipes through the walls. Yeah, there's this one particular scene where, like, you're looking at all the pipes in this, like, main temple room, and... One of them is just going uh, so, through the head of an air nuclear. Yeah, 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 it doesn't help, like, one of the whole things is, like, this isn't, like, this might not be fantastic, but it's definitely, like, a good thing. It's a positive thing that's happened, even though, like, Aang might not like it. Um, but it really doesn't help when it's very clear they have zero regard for, like, the culture that existed here once. Yeah. That it's, these are, like, ruins I of, think an, that of a one deceased what, society. Like, really ruins it is, like, because, like, the rest of the episode is, like, showing that, like, these people, like, appreciate the culture. They're not trying to, like, damage or ruin it. But then you get that one shot of pipes going through the mural, and yeah. you're like, oh, no. And then and then a little later, when they're in the one place that apparently hasn't been touched yet, and yeah. while they're looking at all these statues and stuff, a fucking, bo- like, a, 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 what are they called? A wrecking ball comes through the wall and breaks one of the, the statues. Yeah. And then we meet the dude who's, like, inventing all the shit. Yeah. It really doesn't help, like, the, the, the this is a good thing thing. Yeah. We learn about, um... um we also learn that this dude, the father of, like, the... the there's also... Hey, yeah. cool thing about this show, like, 2009-ish, a little earlier, maybe 2007, 2008... Uh, we have a character on the Nickelodeon channel, a kid's show, that has a disabled character. And it's just, like, not a big deal. Yeah, just a kid who's paraplegic. Yeah, not para- is, he pa- is it paraplegic? Is that the proper yeah. term? Yeah, uh, he okay. has no movement from the waist down, yeah. Yeah. I, pretty cool. Pretty dope. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we learned this father, uh, this dude's father, uh, was, like, coerced into working for the yeah. Fire Nation inventing stuff. Um, that he like invented a bunch of the stuff. I think this is the episode where we fi- where we first see the uh, the Fire Nation tanks. Uh, yeah, this is like where we see like Fire Nation machinery. I don't mean to interrupt, but we we've been talking about the show for an hour now. Is it been an hour? No, it's, uh, it's been fifty, 50 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, we can get through the the movie pretty quick. Pretty quick, yeah. All right. Um, so it's fine. So um, uh, the two important takeaways I had from this episode were one. The Fire Nation learns about hot air balloons. Yep. Which they can control pretty scot-free since they can heat. Yeah, they have fire. Um, so they take out like half of the thing that makes that difficult. And then uh, two, uh, someone makes non-fire light sources, which you'd think would be like a Fire Nation adjacent thing, but it's not. Which ties into... A thing that I thought of was a gripe with the movie, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it works for the movie. Yeah. Uh, all right, episode 18. Uh, we finally meet the Northern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks pretty Oh, yeah, sick. Mes- 
yeah, it's pretty dope. Um, it's also misogynism, the episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, ultimate sexism here. Women aren't allowed to learn waterbending unless it's healing magic. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's pretty fucked. Uh, the whole, like, society is pretty fucked. Let's just, we should just, like, burn it down. You know, it's yeah. pretty bad. The princess turns 16 and is thus of marrying age and is immediately yeah, betrothed just, just, to, like, the chief warrior. Just burn it down. Really yeah. just fucking, like, destroy it all. It's like, um, man, the, the the Roman Catholic Empire sucks, but they went off with the stained glass thing. That's like this. <laughs> it's like, man, they do be having, like, a sick snow fort, but damn, burn it all down. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we meet Princess Yue, um, yeah. which is the 16-year-old. Um, yeah. She Sokka, like, Sokka, Sokka finally becomes... falls for the horny, he, the yeah. horny, the, the, horny the horny hetero. The horny has finally claimed Sokka and he becomes, he gets promoted to chief pussy slayer. <laughs> chief pussy, like... short king. <laughs> uh, um, the pirates are back. The pirates are back. The pirates are back. Oh yeah, the pirates are back. Are back. Pirates um, are we back. have, a, we have some, uh, scenes with Zuko, uh, where General, or uh, Admiral Zhao, sorry, I keep saying yeah. General, um, finds out or realizes that Zuko was the blue spirit um, and pays the pirates to assassinate uh, Zuko. Um, Zuko is in the ship when it gets blown up. Uh, Iroh is outside getting, I think it was like a foot massage or something. Um, Yeah. Just like off the ship. And as far as we know, throughout the the rest of this episode, Zuko is dead. Um, Katara ends up finding out Katara like you know butts heads with uh the waterbending master that's teaching Aang but won't teach her yeah Um, and that scene uh I put in my notes here that like the waterbender v waterbender matchup was like really sick because like when we saw the Agni Kai it was like a cool form thing but like they weren't really interacting so much as just like trying to land blows on each other whereas like in this fight you're like it's like watching two people. It's like a tennis match almost. You're watching them like manipulate the same like bodies of water back and forth at each other. Like one of them will like encase the other in ice, and then the second person will like melt it and like throw it at the first person again. It's and it's, like, it's a dope fight. It's one of the it's better. Very cool it's it's definitely like, probably the best fight in the first season. Yeah, it just because it's like you get to see two people. I almost want to say it's the first fight with like an alternate condition being like the two fighters are sharing a weapon. Yeah. It's, it's a really good episode. Um, uh, or a good fight in the episode. Um, so basically Katara loses the fight to the master. The master picks up her necklace, which is knocked off of her and realizes, Oh, this is the necklace I made for uh, a girl. I liked. Uh, who ran off because I I and the society I lived in were misogynists. Um, yeah. And then oh, he agrees yeah. to teach Katara. Yeah, because he learns the errors of his ways. It's kind of weird and, like, sudden, but, yeah. you know, but it plot. works. Plot. Um, right. Episode 19, The Siege of the North, Part 1. All right, so... Uh, we, uh, so, the Fire Nation ships... They send, like, a full-ass navy to raid the Northern Water Tribe. Uh, Aang goes out, tries to take out a ship. We see this cool-ass dude who's got, like, hammers at the end yeah, of he's, chains. He, yeah, he's basically uh, he's basically Kratos 
but with hammers. It's like something that would be like the boss of like a level in a video game, but just and gets he's like immediately gone. One shot by Aang, which sucks because like there's a it lot was a of cool like character design. there's a lot of like cool like non bender character. It's always cool to see the non bender characters with like interesting fighting styles, like like Jet, or like yeah. when you first see the Blue Spirit and you don't know it's Zuko yet, because you're like, wow, these people are like. Like, these people have to be infinitely better than in, like, a real-world fighter would be because they have to fight people that shoot magic uh, Magic, out of their yeah, exactly. And then you see uh, this guy with, like, hammers on the end of chains, and he just gets, like, one shot, and you're, like, disappointed. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's it's mostly set up for the second episode. It, yeah. a, lot of it's, it, a lot of it's, like, foreboding uh, General Zhao... They, they come, they start sieging the city, they realize, oh, it's about to be nighttime. This is where they explain that the, uh, during the nighttime, waterbenders become more powerful. They're uh, so I, they by just, the way, like, Iroh's, camp it out overnight. Th- this is an important bit. Iroh and Zuko, oh, Zuko's alive. Um, yeah, Zuko's Iroh, alive, and he's going to sneak into be, the Northern Kingdom. Yeah, Iroh agreed to be the general for uh, the landing for Admiral Zhao uh, in order to get Zuko in to the city to get the Avatar before Zhao can. Yeah. Um, and they share this nice little, like, touching moment where, like, they show that, like, they're not just, like, they're closer to father and son than uncle and nephew. Yeah, they're very, it's like, they love each other even though Zuko's got a lot of issues and Iroh's trying to help him. Yeah. Um, it's a good episode. It's just, it's it's nice, but it's setting yeah. up most of, like, the last episode of the season. Yeah. Um. And that's basically it for that one. So, episode 20, The Siege of the North, part 2. Alright, so, um, uh, we get more asto- uh, astounding CGI from the folks at Nickelodeon again, with the weird 3D tanks. Yeah. Uh, Admiral Zhao just says he's gonna kill the moon. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's, like, that beca- it that it becomes apparent. Kill the moon. Yeah, it, it becomes apparent Admiral Zhao's plan is to uh, that is that like uh, earlier in the season he talks about uh, finding a library that ha- or like sa- sieging a library or something and uh, finding documents that say where the mortal bodies of the moon and ocean spirits are and that they're in the north and that he's going to go in and he's going to murder the moon. Um, it's pretty wild. Um, they end up sieging the city. They break in um, in order to help the war effort uh, or like to, you know, solve issues and goes into the spirit realm. Uh, this is where we meet um, this the is where face we meet dealer. The face snatcher, yeah. Um, cool, uh, dope scenes, by the way. Yeah. The whole gimmick of the face snatcher, for people who haven't seen the show, is that uh, if you show emotion at it when it looks at you, it steals your face and. I'm guessing you die or are stuck in the spirit world forever. Either way, not a great outcome. And so you just get these scenes where, like, they're having a discussion and, like, it's trying to jump scare Aang, but it can't. And he's just, like, sitting there straight face. Yeah. There's this one and scene where he's looking away, where the face dealer's looking away and Aang's, like, getting really excited about this, something. Like, he has this, like, aha moment and then, like, it cuts to, like, the face dealer looking back at him and he's just, like, blank faced again. He's like, I gotta go now. Yeah, it's pretty. It's good. <laughs> it's it's so pretty good. good. Um, the the panda bear comes back. The panda bear spirit from yeah. that earlier episode comes back and like helps guide him back to his body because while he's asleep, Katara is defending him, uh, like protecting him. But Zuko comes along and uh, they get into a fight. The fight's pretty cool. Um, 
it kind of it spans the end of a night and the beginning of a day so katara's winning the fight at the beginning because she's more powerful but as the daytime comes and the sun rises she becomes less powerful zuko becomes more powerful and zuko overpowers her knocks her out takes ang and fucks off to the north pole then uh admiral zhao comes in and uh, the madman does it he kills the moon yeah, he, uh, he fucking he, scoop, he the moon is a fish. He puts it in a bag and he stabs it. No, he and, doesn't uh, stab it. He no. Oh, that's not even exactly what happens. I feel like this is important because it's a moment that I thought was different in the that was different in the movie that I didn't necessarily like. Um, so uh, was this before or after they got Aang back? I think this was before. I think this is after. Yeah, it was after. Um, the Aang gang realizes Aang is gone. They go, uh, to find Aang. Um. They find him. They beat up Zuko. Aang gets away. Uh, they fly they do back. They Zuko Aang, back yeah, with him. That's Aang, Aang, Aang purposefully is like, yeah, no, we're not going to leave him here to die. Like, he saved me earlier. I've got to return the favor. They bring him. They save him. Um, they head back. And by this point, Admiral Zhao, because all the people who w- could have been there to stop him uh, were gone, are not, are not there. Zhao is in the city. He finds the little like gro- like grove pond that has the the ocean the, and the, moon spirit. The ocean and moon spirits are fish in a little like he grabs yeah garden. he grabs the the moon spirit in a bag. It's like yin and yang fish. One's white that has a black dot. The other's black that has a white dot. You know, um, he grabs the moon spirit in a bag, um, and he's about to kill it. Um, when the Ang gang returns are trying to like coerce like are trying to like convince him to stop iroh shows up and is like this is wrong you shouldn't do this if you do anything to that fish i will fucking kill you showing iroh is a badass which is important because fuck the movie um anyway he's like he has this moment of like okay and he puts the fish back and then when everyone kind of calms down he fire bends and fucking kills the fish the moon turns red, it. the sky turns red, the entire show is red. It's yeah. pretty cool. This was, like, the important thing for me, because, like, it goes red, and then the, the rest of the episode is, like, grayscale, outside of the magic stuff that happened. Yeah. Like, it's... everything's gray, except when someone, like, shoots fire, or, like, something starts glowing, and it's, like, really visually cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool scene. Um, we learn about Yue's, Yue's connection with the moon spirit that when she was little, she was like dying. Her parents prayed. She was blessed blessed with life by the moon spirit. She gives it back, sacrificing herself. Um, Sokka's real sad and less horny. Um, or more horny, depending on how you look at it. became the moon. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh. Ang pilots a water mech and oh, destroys yeah. the Fire Nations. Navy. This is yeah. This is before she sacrifices herself. Um, well, it's like during yeah. Is yeah. Um, Zuko and Zhao have a fight again. Um, Zhao gets grabbed by a water by the water spirit. Ang's controlling. Um, Zuko tries to save them. Zhao refuses to be saved. Um, by such a lowly cur. Yeah, you know. Um. Zuko escapes the city with Iroh. Um, Aang gang wins. Yeah, Aang wins. He knows how to waterbend. Uh, we get introduced to Azula, Zuko's yeah. sister, who I'm assuming is going to take the place of slightly more evil Zuko in the future seasons. Yeah. Now that Zuko is kind of like a 
good but on the bad guy side kind yeah. of role. Yeah. Um overall it's a very somber like ending for a show that's been like 60% goofy so far. Anyway, yeah, no, that's basically the show. Yeah. Uh overall notes, uh the music is pretty forgettable. Uh I had a lot more to say about the goofy stuff than the plot stuff. Yeah. And yeah. uh my main concern going forward is that uh the goofy stuff is going to slowly like the fun factor is going to slowly trickle away I as can, the show goes I on. I can tell you this for certain, it does not. It definitely gets right. better. Yeah. But yeah, you know, shows shows dope. Definitely highly recommend. It's on Netflix now. Um it's good. Watch yeah. it. You can find it basically anywhere. There are even places you can find on Twitter. People will post links to places you can download the show for free all the fucking time. Um, you know what else you can watch, watch on it. Netflix? The, the Last Airbender, written, produced, and directed by Mr. Uh, M. Night I, Shyamalan. I fucking hate this movie! <laughs> okay, now, yeah, we gotta talk about this movie, but we're getting through this shit with a quickness. Um, <laughs> fuck this so, movie. It ruins no. li- almost everything about this show. I there I will concede there are some bits that are pretty good, but like the show as a whole on a like cinematic level is bad, and as an adaptation of a fantastic show yeah. is just fucking it atrocious. Is, it is a bad movie in the cinema sense and a bad adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah, it's so the movie opens with a. Uh, the traditional, like, silhouettes doing the bending styles. And it doesn't look great, I'll admit. But part of that is, admittedly, the limits of a real human body that isn't animation. Yeah. But it does look bad. Uh, Katara is white now. So uh, is Sokka. Yeah, so, so everyone's so white. Every, all the no, main characters no, no. are white. Spare. The, the main heroes are white. Not the even main, like the background yeah. characters, like the background like air nomads are like non-white. It's until we get to the North like, Pole. Aang, until we get Sokka, to the North Pole, and then yeah. all the people in the North Pole are white. Well, um, no, there's a lot of like there's like it's just like the the teacher is white and like a bunch UA of the is... soldiers and stuff. A bunch of this like the background characters I noticed were white. Um, UA is like ha- is a is played by an actress that's like half Hispanic, half French. So yeah, still. But, um, uh, all the heroes are white. And then Zuko and, then and Iroh are, are, yeah. Oh, God. And that's such a fucking choice, too. Because, like... Yeah, and, like, the, the thing... Because, like, I put in my notes for the movie, uh, 90% of the cast is, like, non-white. Like, all of the background, like, air nomads and stuff are, like, non-white. So they're very clearly not, like, hurting for actors that aren't white to play these characters. Yeah, they but just the, all chose the, to yeah. make them white. yeah. Uh, I also took notes of this. Uh, like like we said before, this is my first time watching this movie, so I took a bunch of notes. Um, a lot of my notes are, like, I could tell the bits where I got really upset because I stopped trying to type correctly. Um, <laughs> but we'll start from the beginning. The intro was pretty bad. Like, the yeah. intro was, like, a pretty bad adaptation of it. It was disappointing. Yeah. Um, like, it, the like... scene where they're, like, bending all the types. Yeah, um, and it's then, like, very... when Katara does, like, the opening narration, it's yeah. very bad and doesn't like set up the world very well um yeah so that was my those were my first two points was the narration was bad and the intro was bad um my third point was white people white people white people yeah um so my thing was like 
as we a show that's neat little scene of like Katara waterbending and it shows like the water being floated and it looks very cool especially yeah. when you remember this movie was made in 2010 as a Nickelodeon movie yeah no it, honestly some of those effects are pretty good in a movie that was and better directed when and edited Katara is white <laughs> yeah um because the show is like the show is very heavily based on eastern cultures yeah. Like, it's clear... Like, the that Fire the, Nation is Japan. Yeah, that's that, that's another thing. It's weird that the, all the people in the Fire Nation, it was a very explicit choice, were Indian and not Japanese. Yeah. Which is something I want to talk about later, once we get through, like, the plot and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's uh, some other stuff. There's just a bunch of stuff. But we'll get to, the, like, the specific stuff I don't like later. Um, just the general thing is, they, they kind of rush through most of the show. Um, yeah. Like, they Katara... A lot of stuff rather than showing it. Yeah, Katara and Sokka don't even know Aang's name until they get to the southern air temple. I, I, I counted, it's like 21 minutes and like 14 seconds or something like that. Which is wild, because they have no reason. They have flown to another continent with this dude. They have they no reason. They have no reason to support this dude. They have no connection to him. They don't know him. Nothing. All they know about this dude is he's the Avatar. They don't even realize that he doesn't know all the elements and stuff. Like, as far uh, as they're aware, this dude is a fully capable, like, avatar. And they're like, yep, nope, we're going to go help him. We're going to abandon our village. We're going to go do all this uh, for a dude whose name we don't even know. Yeah. They managed to make the airbender tattoos edgy. Yeah. Which, like, always blows my mind when I see it. Uh, I put, of course, the bad guys are, are Indian in instead of white. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a lot of bad editing in this, like, I'm not going to claim to be a film expert, but, like, it's clear. I know it's really editing bad. a little bit. Oh. And, like, there's nothing connecting scenes. Like, all of the, everything that you see is, like, competently shot, and it's got, like, good shot composition. But, like, nothing is connecting the shots. Yeah, there, there's, the, uh, one of the big things is that everything's too short. They shorten everything too much. The movie is an hour and 40 minutes long. The first half is them traveling to the North Pole. The second half is everything that happens in those last few episodes of the North Pole. Yeah. I, Except I listed out. Spare, spare, sorry, spare the sexism bit with the teacher. They completely forgo that. Having half the film, like, how, how long is it? Like, 60 minutes? More than that? One 70 minutes? 44 minutes. So oh, is it 44 uh, minutes? So it's a, it's a little less than that. It's like 100 minutes. Yeah. Um, they, they have plenty of time. Five episodes North worth Pole. of space. Yeah. They have plenty of time. In the last, like, two, like, the last third of the movie. And they never bring up the sexism subplot. Like, it's just so, completely ignored. And all of that time is taken for the North Pole, which is five episodes of a whole season of Avatar. It's wild. Yeah, they do drop, uh, like, every single, like, side plot fun episode. Which, admittedly, they kind of need to because it's a movie. Yeah, except, but... except, except... It's important for the tone of the show. Yeah, they 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 drop everything except that scene. You know, the 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 diaspora. Oh yeah, the uh, well that's that's kind of important for like establishing like people's ability to fight back. But yeah, so they change the scene where they're on the where the Earth Nation people get captured, and instead, uh, they're in a valley. They're yeah, in a they're little in a valley, valley mining rocks. And instead of Katara giving a speech, 
showing how they can rise up against their oppressors. Aang's like, "Hey, idiots! There's Earth here. Why don't you yeah, just kick no, their asses?" Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I noticed. I noted that um, Aang took Katara's speech. Yeah. Um, and this is also the point where you realize, oh, um, so the 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 bending stances, like the martial arts they do to bend, are completely pointless and yeah, fits I, literally nothing of what's being done. Yeah, I I put at this scene, uh, it takes seven dudes fifteen seconds to throw one cinder block worth of rock. Like I could pick that ship and shit and toss yeah. it in the same time in the same quantity. Less, actually, because, like I said, 15 seconds for seven dudes to throw one cinder block. It's crazy. Uh, we also get to see that, uh, while the earth bending does look a little bit like it keeps its, like, sort of, like, like stomp and thrust kind of stance, uh, everything else is just children flailing their arms. Yeah, it's... Mm. Uh... Um, oh, we get the amazing lines of uh, the Fire Nation guard saying the Avatar would have to be an airbender and then seeing Aang start airbending and go, how is he doing that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, there's... It, so I noted very distinctly, uh, everything felt very white savior-y because like... while the, Because the protagonist is the, the, the only yeah. one. The three protagonists are the only white people in this universe. The only white people. It's yeah. just like I, I wouldn't. Get, uh, I'll be totally honest, dude. Like it would, it would. I think it would be shitty to have all the characters be white, or at least most of the characters. But it would be, be white. better than um, only it, it would, the three it would miss, named good guys being white. Is like clearly fucked. Yeah. Like I, I it's kind of shitty to say, and it, and it would affect the show. Because the show is heavily influenced by like Eastern cultures, yeah. but if all, most of the people were white, I don't and, like. I'd mention it, but I wouldn't mention it this much. Yeah. If like it, it everyone if, stands out a yeah, lot, because the, it's only those three and some select background characters. Aside from that, most of the background characters are of those indigenous cultures. Yeah, or even and like a all lot the of bad like, guys like, are brown. All the bad like, guys are minority groups. Yeah, all the all the bad guys are Indian. By the way, speaking of speaking of the bad guys, bad guys, quote unquote, um, Iroh isn't a heavy set king. And yeah, Iroh is not Craig me. Baldwin in this movie, which <laughs> is upsetting because uh I guess the best way to put it is um this is the same story as Avatar with different characters. Yeah, and it like, Aang is quicken. not Aang, Iroh is not Iroh. Aang is Ong, Iroh is Iro. Yeah. Zuko Pre- is like, Zuko, he- but different. I actually, Zuko was actually pretty good. I'll be I, honest. I, I want to say, uh, we can talk about it more when we're done with the plot. I like movie Zuko and his story more than show Zuko and his Really? Story. Yeah, for reasons I'll explain uh, later. And it has okay. a lot to do with uh, General Zhao or Admiral um, Zhao. Speaking of, speaking of Admiral Zhao, um, they skipped the Agni Kai, which I will never forgive. Um, they omitted the pirates. They gone. Did the pirates, Kyo- Kiyoshi Island, gone. Correct. By the way, Sokka was never a misogynist in the movie. Yeah, he never so, overcomes anything. Katara and Sokka are literally the flattest fucking characters ever. They have no character development, period. Yeah, so when you were talking earlier about how, like, uh, like they skipped the misogyny scene in uh, the Northern Water Tribe, I was thinking, like, it would probably be, like, you could probably fit that in, like, Sokka's story by, like, tweaking, like, little things. Like, make it, like, like, Sokka knows that, like, 
Katara's not a great waterbender and he thinks it's because she's a woman and like as the story goes on he like learns that like it's not that and it's just that like she doesn't know how to waterbend yet yeah like you could have very clearly like woven that like into the story story girl yeah. power story into Sokka's development but Sokka um, has no development because he never did any of that it just didn't yeah. happen uh Sokka's scar is visually inconsistent in this Zuko's, movie. Zuko's. Yeah, or Zuko's Zuko. scar. Sometimes like, the it's first makeup, time we see other him, times it's... Like, the first time we see him, I think it was a pretty good adaptation to, like, yeah. a real-world scar of what Zuko's was in the show. Because in the show, it's, like, his whole eye is colored, and that's not really how scars look in real life. In the show, it looks like someone put a hand-shaped like firebrand... Yeah, it looks like someone took a hand-shaped firebrand... And, like, push it against his face. And it looks yeah. gnarly and pretty dope. Other but times then, it's like, just makeup. You see a scene where, like, he, it just looks like he's got a black eye. Yeah. Uh, the Fire Nation, I'll admit, has a way sicker aesthetic in the movie than in yeah. the show. Yeah, they, like, look, they look like Romans, almost. They're all, like, it's all, like, gilded and, like... Yeah, like, no, they, they of, look... Like, filigree, like, plating. Like, the, yeah, the Fire Lord looks like Julius Caesar. But he looks like an emperor. Yeah. Which is like, which is dope. It looked dope. Um. I don't know what. Um. Uh, Iroh is just kind of there. He do, he's not like a mentor figure or like offering any sort of insight. Yeah. To the um. World. I I he's just there. I, I where, where is it at? I Iroh I I explicitly put at one of the points. Iroh is a submissive bitch. Um, yeah. He's just kind of like there. Yeah. To like be the character for like the scenes where he, like you can't replace him with another character zuko advocates no iroh advocates child sacrifice um he does <laughs> iroh iroh stops the zhao and zuko fight that's supposed to happen on the bridge before he gets like taken out by the the water monster there is no water monster yeah Oh, so hold on. We gotta go back a bit. We've skipped yeah, over most God, of the I just Northern I keep Water yeah, Trump. I keep wanting to do stuff. To just but there's end not it. really yeah, there's not really much to talk about, dude. Uh well yeah, that's the thing. We have to talk about the things the movie doesn't talk about. Uh shut up. I don't, wa- like, I don't wanna Like I Like I said before, uh in this movie there is no real form to the bending, it's just people flailing around. And water moving. There's a there's a beautiful scene where Aang, like, throws his arm in one direction. And the water that he's bending goes in, like, a perpendicular, like, angle. Like, a 90 degree split from yeah, what he was it's doing. The, the, the bending forms, like, the stances are, like I said before, are purposeless. Like, they, they just, they don't matter. They do yeah. nothing. They, they don't hit what's going on. Whoever did the CGI for this film sucks and i'm sorry uh, to say it yeah uh so we uh there's the scene where zuko drops in on katara and ang uh after ang drops some useless exposition about monks meditating yeah uh, and i realize it's an hour in and Zuko and Katara still don't know each other's names. Yeah. It's it's an hour in and core characters still don't know each other. At the Aang gang does not know who Zuko is. Aside yeah. from the fact that these dudes been hunting them. No, Katara knows Zuko. Zuko doesn't know Katara. Yeah. Because she calls him Prince Zuko. 
Which makes me think that No, like, he she doesn't. Your she's like your fire lord Ozai's son. She doesn't yeah. even say his name. She doesn't know his fucking name. Yeah, but she does know about him, but Dezuko doesn't know about her. Which Even though he's been like, hunting her for half the movie. More than that. Yeah. Uh, or at least the dude she's been protecting and with the entire time. One of the, one thing that was like awkward at the beginning of the movie, but I ended up kind of liking a little more than what they did in the show, was uh, the siege on the, the city. Like, uh, in the beginning definitely, of the movie... Yeah, it definitely felt more... Like, the siege itself, not the fighting. Like, not the fights that happened yeah. within the city. Because occasionally they would stop, or it was poorly choreographed or whatever. Um, the actual sieges, when they were bringing the boats up, when they were trying to get into the city, was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Because, like, in the show, uh, it's kind of implied, or, well, it's very heavily implied, but never really stated that uh, the Fire Nation has, like, a technological advantage over the other kingdoms. Because, like, like the Earth Kingdom doesn't really need, like machinery because they can just like move around adobe with the force yeah and uh so like every time you see a fire nation ship like it, it takes a little while it takes a show's worth of time to sink in that like they have steam engines that no one else has and stuff yeah but, like, they are what they're like they're like imagine if all of western society in the in like the world in like the 1800s was one nation and there were three other nations that were everyone that didn't have that stuff. Yeah. And so, like, like, it's weird because in the movie, like, in the beginning, they keep saying the Fire Nation and their machines and their engines and their machines. And you're like, okay, but what is it? Because, like, we've seen one boat in this movie and nothing to say it's not the standard. But then we get to the siege on, like, the city and, like... We see them drilling their way into, like, the city with, like, personalized drills. Or, um, probably one of my favorite moments. We just see three firebenders charging, like, a turbo flamethrower. Yeah. To, like, blast through, like... The wall. This, like, ten-foot-thick wall. It's... And it, it does a lot better of a job, I feel, than the show did of, like, emphasizing their technological prowess. Yeah. Um... It... I don't even know what to say. Honestly, I just the movie just upset me. It really did. Like a lot yeah. of it upset me. There were some cool uh, things to watch, but aside from that, it just kind of like made me. Yeah. We skipped stop the watching. Zuko and Katara fight entirely. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, there's a there's a scene where Zuko is literally one of the bad guys from a Hitman game. Oh and yeah, Aang is, he's like Aang looking is around for Ang. Agent Forty Seven literally does the thing where you like see like a like. I, I want to see someone, like, edit, like, so that there's, like, UI of, like, press X to, like, throw a bottle here. <laughs> and then Zuko turns and is like, what was that? I guess it was nothing. Was turns <laughs> and returns to post. Yeah, returns to post, and then Aang is following behind him. Literally right behind him. They do some, like, Looney Tunes shit where, like, Zuko turns to the left and Aang, like, leans out to of the right sight. It's wild. <laughs> I, I can, can I take a moment? I want to go through all the points I made and just read them because I feel like they're really good. Yeah, blow by blow, blast me. Okay, so intro was p I am I'm gonna read these like literally, so you're gonna have to figure yeah. out what they mean. Intro was p garbage, car yes. garbo. Adaptation yes. was disappointed. Uh, intro narration was bad, also non-specific and removed iconic quotes. White people, white people, white people. 
They changed the boat scene. I love the boat scene. Sick ADR. <laughs> uh, Aang has zero really sense bad. of uh, secrecy. Upset over weight. He was never upset. Aang at one point apologizes for being upset in a scene that apparently was cut from the movie. He was... <laughs> oh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It just... Iroh isn't a heavy set king. They mispronounce Iroh. I was kind of... Yeah, Seth explained I, to me that they yeah, were Yeah, I explained make it. Uh, in the movie, they pronounce things differently from how they're pronounced in the show. And apparently this was to better match like the Asian cultures that the show pulls from. But it just sounds weird because people are saying names of a, of pre-existing characters wrong. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my next line is the rock wiggle. Because uh, <laughs> there's a scene where they're testing Aang to see if he's the avatar. They and set a rock on a like counter, shakes. and it just kind of shakes. It's pretty good. Um, some of the CGI and animations are pretty sick. Um, story progressing too fast. <laughs> they skipped the Agni Kai. They completely omitted the scenes leading up to the Earthbender camp. So many nameless people. Aang took Katara's speech. The bending stances are purposefulless. Uh, nothing <clears throat> fits with what's being done. Momo has no name. They omitted the pirates in all capitals. Uh, everything is going too fast. They omitted Kyoshi Island, the the Avatar, the Avocado Avatar, the Avatar uh, Soka, yeah. <laughs> Soka, <coughs> white the white savior. Um, the audio got real shit. No, there were some scenes where the audio just got real bad for no yeah. reason. There was a scene where Zhao is talking to Fire Lord Ozai, and Zhao sounds fine. But Fire Lord Ozai was clearly recorded after the fact with a shittier audio setup because all the S's peaked and all like his, no, the voice sounded great. And he great. just sounds this, like louder. Yeah, and this happened later <clears throat> between Zuko and Iroh, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it just happened occasionally throughout the show and it was real weird and pulled me out. My next line is Fire Nation equals Indian, not Japanese, question mark. Uh, Zhao's camp set up an airbender temple. Uh, fight because there's a because in the scene where ang is being broken out with yeah. Zuko, by zuko um yeah they never Aang, establish like, it like, but apparently they're like built on an air temple that ang was already visiting so yeah. like, how did he not see it on the way in right and and because like and it's definitely the air temple because he goes outside and he points at a thing that he mentions as like a training setup yeah and like it's even got like air temple markings on it it's wild um, fight with Zuko and Aang against Zhao army is hor horribly choreographed. I literally paused the movie and we like, paused it and like went back over and over to like point at like blows not connecting and like people moving aimlessly. It's just it's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um. Z uh, the Zuko and a the whole point of that the blue of the the uh, Aang breaking Zuko out or Zuko breaking Aang out of there. The whole point of that episode was for literally the one moment where Aang mentions, like, he used to be friend with some fire, with this firebender dude that he, that Zuko reminds him of. Uh, and they were like, do you think if we knew each other that long ago, we would have been friends? And then Zuko attacks him. Because it's clear, Zuko doesn't dislike Aang. He doesn't hate Aang. And Aang doesn't hate Zuko. Zuko, they are both in these positions purely because of of outstanding circumstances. Yeah. Not anything they can control. Stuff they have to do. And it's an important scene. And it kind of leads... It's it's an important scene for what the rest of the show is. 
beyond season one, and it is completely omitted from the movie. Yeah. Like, it is just not there. And it's awful, and I hate it. Um, my, my next line is, uh, the design of the Northern Water Tribe is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Uh, my, ne- um, the next one is, uh, Sokka isn't a sexist, then sex is a mark removed. Uh, by the way, we're halfway through and I've already started on the Northern Water Tribe. Yeah. Um, Sokka and Katara have no character, flat. Moon Lady doesn't know how to flirt. Uh, they removed the hug. First non-harmful contact Zuko made with another person. Um, the scene where Zuko is going into the city um, after pretending to be killed. Um, in the show, Z- uh, Iroh hugs Zuko and tells him like he's like a son to him. Yeah, they have this touching than... moment that like shows they're like more than just like and people for... like outcasts that are stuck together and that they're like family. Family, and it is the first time in the show. Period. Where Zuko makes contact with another human being in a non-harmful manner. Whether he's hurting them or they're hurting him. It is the first time it happens. And it is incredibly important. And it is completely omitted. The whole talk, everything. And it sucks. It's just like all the punchy bits. All the, all the, all the important bits to the show are removed. All the fun yeah. bits are removed. All the important bits are removed. And it's left with nothing. <sighs> Aang Gang doesn't know Zuko's name. Zuko is a bad Zuko is a bad guy from Hitman. Iroh is a submissive bitch. Zhao's plan wasn't for personal glory, which is a bad change. In the show, Zhao wants to kill the moon because he believes it will yeah, put his name was... in the history books. That yeah, it that's is, something that it I is like... also noticed. Uh yeah, was, like uh... it's Ozai recommends it in this one, which is, like, weird, because, like, the whole point of, like, killing the moon spirit is, like, it's this radical idea that's, like, not worth it. And but, wrong. Like, and Zhao is so blinded by, like, greed and, like, power lust that, like, he doesn't care about the consequences in the moment. Yeah, he just, he just wants the glory of being, like, Zhao the Conqueror, Zhao the Moon Slayer. Yeah. But and in the, the moon, just Ozai tells him to do it. Yeah. Which is weird. Ozai, like, Ozai, like, barely speaks throughout the show. And he's all over the movie. All over it. Yeah. It's just, it's just strange. Because, like, it's the show sets up, like, this foreboding presence. He They set up I, uh, Ozai as, like, the the big bad. Like, the bad guy that you fight at the end of a D&D campaign kind of deal. Yeah. And he's just, like, there throughout most of the movie. It's just, it's weird. Um, uh, Iroh making fire. Oh, Ooh, so dude. I feel like we need to talk about the fire thing, because I feel like we have different opinions about it. Did you really? Okay. So you, There's you go scene. first, and there then I'll a, offer there is a take. Yeah, there is a scene where Iroh making fire out of nothing, basically creating fire from his hands, is literally noteworthy to the point where they have a character go, he's creating fire from nothing! And, like, that being a thing in the movie, literally, like, it is, it completely removes the main advantage of firebending. The fact that people in the show could do it from nothing. Like, it completely removes it. By the way, they didn't even keep to that. 
because there's that scene where Zuko is burning through ice. Yeah. Uh, He's using his chi to heat himself, which is something that they say, like, only masters of firebending know how to do. Which Zuko is not. Zuko is not a master of firebending. It's, uh, it, it, like, like, we talked about it earlier. One of the main advantages of firebending is the fact that you can create it from nothing. You don't have to have any pre-existing resources. You can just do it. In the show, it is literally noteworthy that Iroh could do it. Also, they mention later that Ozai's comment, or uh, no, not Ozai, uh, Sozin's Sozin's comment comment. is like, whenever that comes, it's like the end reveal. When Sozin's comments come, that is the point when firebenders can create fire from nothing. If that's the case, then why can Iroh? Also, if they need fire to do shit in the first place, why haven't they just put out all the fucking fire in the city? Well, they they explain that in the movie. They're like, uh, I think, I don't remember the exact reason they said, but it's like, uh, they did say we need to put out as much, like, fire as possible, but I think it's like, just like, you still need light to see, which, uh, I want to talk about my take on it. I thought that it was a good change for the movie format specifically, because it creates situations where, like, like, uh, you see that scene in, uh, when, like, Aang and Zuko are fighting, and, uh, as Aang's running away, he, like, puts out some fires that he's, like, running past on the way out, and, like, that's, like, the best fight in the movie is where it's, like, the two of them just, like, grappling with each other, not really bending at all for, like, a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That is actually, that was actually a really good fight. You're And then, like, you get the scene where, like, Iroh uh, can do it without, uh, without having, without a fire source, which shows that Iroh's a badass uh, in lieu of him not being a badass for the rest of the movie around it. Yeah. And I also, I feel like it's supposed to be like a setup for a reveal about Iroh in the sequels that never came. I like to think that this Iroh is actually canonically, like, lamer than show Iroh. (laughs) That, like, in my mind, this Iroh can't actually firebend, and it's just a trick. And there's two reasons for that. (laughs) There's two reasons for this. Okay, okay, okay. Alright, one, he makes fire from nothing. And that's a noteworthy thing that, like, breaks the rules of, the of like, the Sozin's Comet thing they established later. So, how does he do it? If it's not a plot inconsistency, then there's a reason. Two. So, we talked about how, like, the movement of, like, everything is, like, formless and, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Iroh's is sort of a form in that he moves like a fucking wizard <laughs> casting spells. Like, like he's just, like, he one does. Like, one movement, like, hand out, like, bombs going off across the next two miles. Like, yeah, fire. insane amounts of power. And, like, something inside me says, like, there's gotta be, like, a trick that's going on here. That, like... He secretly got flamethrowers be... in his sleeves. Yeah, like, that's that's my thinking, is, like, either he's, like, a really shitty firebender that's, like, lined himself with, like, an oil hose... Or something like that, like, or he's just like a master firebender, and I'm wrong, but I want to think I'm not because yeah. that concept is cool to me. That like, <laughs> he's lame and reveals it to Zuko when he dies in like the third movie. Oh boy, um, yeah, it's I just I it wasn't 
I didn't like the change. The change was just bad. It was another one of those things that changed from the show that like it shouldn't have. Um, my next this, my next this movie point only was, takes up did... nine of the episodes. By the way, I, I kept track. It is episodes one through three, episodes six, episodes twelve and thirteen, and then episodes eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Um, it skips 11 episodes of content. The, and it doesn't do episode 18, I don't think. Oh, no, it does part of episode yeah. 18. Yeah, it episode 18 up. is uh, Northern Watershed Part 1. Or, no, no eight, yeah, that's the when they first get there. They completely yeah. forego the sexism arc that exists. Yeah. They only but, like, they show up and the they, like, establish thing. the Northern Water Tribe in that episode. Sure, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Um... Less than half of the show still exists yeah, in this movie. Yeah, my, my next point, my next bullet point was, how did the fish get out of the bag? Um, yeah, I at, think that's just, like, bad editing. Yeah, whenever um, whenever um, uh, Zhao kills the fish, this time he kills it with a knife rather than a, 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 a firebending, um, he stabs the fish while it's in the bag, and by the time, like, they cut back to the fish, like, he drops the bag. Um, by the time they cut back to the fish, the fish is in the water, the bag is nowhere to be seen. How did the fish get out of the bag if it was dead? Yeah, I think that's just more of this movie's very, very bad editing. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, my next my next bullet point is Aang is experiencing Vietnam flashbacks. He is. He very much is. <laughs> Throughout the door, like he sees all the fighting, and he like there's a scene where it looks like not like he's having Nam flashbacks. It's wild. Um, Iroh advocates child sacrifice. He does. Iroh stops Zhao and Zuko fight? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, that The question marks are more like, <clears throat> why, why, would, they, why would they do that? Why would they get rid of that fight? I don't understand. It was a perfect moment. Yeah, we get um, neither of the Zuko-Zhao fights. Yeah, which is dumb. Um, No big water monster. Horrible change. Yeah. Um, if, yeah, then I have a whole thing like if firebenders can't make fire then why isn't they putting why aren't they putting up the fire torches lights whatever um ang intimidates the fire nation with a water of wall with a wall of water ladies and yeah. gentlemen water wall um all the fire nation dudes just like all the fire nation dudes that were abandoned in the city are just like friends with the water nation now like all the fighting well, I think they're just they don't, like, like, I think in that to... like bow moment they're just like acknowledging the might of the avatar. I guess, but like it I feel like that's not okay. I just it feels out of character and weird. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> I... cuz like another thing that like I forgot to voice with my grips with the show is like no one really has any reverence for actually Jesus Christ. Yeah. And like You're I right. feel like the show does a little I mean the movie does a little bit more of a job of like people being freaked out by the avatar being back you're definitely correct it does like the movie is a little better about that but not by much yeah that's just because um, like the show doesn't do it yeah um well the show does it sometimes it just doesn't do it as much um my next bullet point my third to last one is ang's fucking face yeah because <laughs> He, j I. There's something about the kid that is the actor for this movie. Um, he just looks weird. We had some moments where, like, we were looking at him while he was doing stuff, and it looked like he was CGI'd in. Like, it looked like yeah. his head was CGI'd onto his body. Yeah, just he like, just looks weird. He, and he I, I feel bad for saying moments. that. 
What was that? Yeah. It, it does feel bad to, like, mock this kid's appearance, but, like, there are moments where he just, like, doesn't look human in this movie. It's just weird. Um... Uh, yeah, and then I have a, if Sozin's Comet lets firebenders make fire, then why can Iroh, what the fuck, and I just smash my keyboard. Yeah. Um. Uh, then my last point is, end, ends by baiting Azula. Yeah, which is what the show does, too. Yeah, but... um. But the show gets the, a second season. <laughs> exactly. Um. That's my bullet points. That's it. All right. Uh, are you ready for my for my hot take of the night? Go ahead. Uh, I like the movie Fire Nation and specifically the Zuko and Zhao arc more than in the show. Okay, explain. Right. So and I will hit you next time I see you if I don't like it. <laughs> Alright, so number one. Uh, despite the fact that it's weird to have them be Indian, I really like the casting choices for the Fire Nation actors. Like I agree. Dev Patel and uh, I don't remember his name who played uh, Commander Zhao, but like it's great. Yeah, they, the, uh, the casting for the Fire Nation is actually fantastic. It's yeah. really good. Uh, Except, two, uh, like, I even, even Iroh, I, I assume the the actor who played Iroh was, like, he he was he seemed like a good actor. I assume if yeah. they gave him a better character, he he would have killed the role. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, the, uh, the antagonistic nature between Zhao and uh, Zuko is set up infinitely better in this dinner scene where he's just like, roasting Zuko in front of his crew for like a minute straight is so good. I actually agree with that. Yeah. No, it like, was a good scene. It's it does a it does a very good job of like setting up not only Zuko's relationship with the Fire Nation, but also like establishing their relationship where he's just like uh we'll treat him like a child in a costume. And I was like Shit. Damn. Uh, yeah, it does suck that we missed the Agni Kai, but I feel like it's important that not that we skip the Agni Kai, but that we skip the end of that fight where he tries to shoot Zuko in the back because, uh, hold on. I'm scrolling through my notes real quick. Uh, it comes up again later. Uh, we get this really cool moment where like Uncle Iroh. So in the show, Uncle Iroh is always trying to get Zuko to be like relax and, like, give up on the Avatar thing because it's not healthy. And Zuko's just, like, ignores him. No, I him. have to do it. Like, I have yeah. to do this. It's, it's like, it's, but it's like, it's like an ignoring him kind of thing rather than a, like, denouncing why he can't give up kind of thing. In the yeah. movie, when Iroh says you should, like, get a girlfriend, he finds a stranger in public and has him explain his situation because his disgrace is so publicly known. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good, that was also a good scene. It was, all, that was the scene I was talking about where the audio balancing was weird. Yeah. So I didn't get to pay attention to it as much because like Zuko had the same thing. Uh, uh, fire Lord as I did for a while where it was like, his voice was all fucked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in the scene, it's like, I was like, you should get a girlfriend. And then he calls like an eight year old boy over and he's like, Hey, you know what happened to Prince Zuko, right? And he's like, yeah. Uh, he got, got like, humiliated. And uh, he's like, that's why I can't, like, give up. Because this eight-year-old knows that I'm shit. Yeah. I, I, honestly, good take. Yeah. 
Uh, that was, those were some of the scenes. Those were like some of the only good scenes. I will agree. Yeah, I do not. I do admittedly uh, not like that they changed how Zhao, like the the Moon Spirit thing was Zhao. Yeah. Because like, but like, uh, Admiral Zhao is in my opinion the best character in the movie, as far as like, the actor, took the character, and amplified it. Yeah. Um. Second, probably Zuko. Yeah. Actually, uh, definitely Zuko. Uh, for the final but, bit of like this, uh, having the moment where uh, Zhao tries to strike Zuko in the back at the end of the movie feels a lot better structurally because like the dynamic is sort of flipped because like in the show, by starting their trifle with that, uh, even though Zhao's Zhao already is, like, stepped down, Zhao like, is status wise already... above Zuko, he is morally below him. But Already. in the movie, they're like level the whole time until this moment. And that's the moment when he like loses. Yeah. I can actually, yeah, I can get down with that. That's, you are correct. Yeah. I like, I was thinking like the whole time I wrote it down. I was like, I want, I want the, I want this like Dev Patel Zuko and this Admiral Zhao as its own movie. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, uh, I, I, I literally can't just, I can't disagree with you. It's just, it was good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't really have all that much more. Like, I don't think I have anything else to say about the movie. Like, literally, all, all, like, all else I could say about the movie would just me being like just gargling in rage. Yeah, frothing at the mouth about yeah. how much you hate it. <laughs> yeah. And how like we should continue watching the show, which we are going to do. We are going to continue watching the show. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, so overall, a uh, very bad movie. Uh, oh, uh, oh yeah. Um, so so here here's like the main question. Um, like one to ten, how would you rate the show? That's tough because like watching it now with like a knowledge of like storytelling and like film appreciation, there's things that are better and worse than when I watched it as a ten year old. Yeah, and. uh I still think I gotta give it like a three, maybe a two. The show? Oh, the show. The show's like an eight, maybe a yeah, nine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then the movie uh, is a three my... or a two. Yeah, I was about to say, dude. I was about just to like, flip. So much of it is just like, uh... I uh, I just I'm God fucking hate it's it. It's so awful. Oh man, yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I, I'd put, I'd put Avatar probably eight, maybe even a nine, like eight point five. We'll just say split the difference. Yeah. Um, and I'd put Avatar the movie, literally, like even despite those few good bits, um, like a one, like bare minimum, just because yeah. of what it did to one of my favorite properties. Yeah. It just ah uh, hurts. Um. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, I don't know how one ends a podcast, so I'm going to leave that to you. Uh, well, do you have anything you want to plug? Cause like, so I guess we should say, uh, (laughs) 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 this is my podcast ending (laughs) voice. Uh, this has been Adaptations Anonymous. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Adaptations and in pod or Adapt and in pod, uh, you can find my Twitter at Sayuth, that's S-A-E-I-O-U-T-H, and uh, Mason, is there anything you want to plug? 
Um, you can find me on Twitter as well, um, at Smalls But Bigly. I don't really use it all that much, except for retweeting like leftist memes and trans people memes. Um, uh, I also stream on Twitch a lot, which uh, you know, I'm a loser. If you want to come watch, go ahead. It's uh, it's Bigly underscore Smalls on Twitch. Uh, you probably shouldn't come watch. I'm not all that great. No, you honest. should watch. It's great. It's S tier comedy. Okay. Um, uh, thank, yeah. thank you, sir. So yeah, uh, that was Avatar and the Last Airbender. Very bad. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, we need to watch something better. I actually genuinely need us to watch something better. Yeah, we'll look time. at we'll look at the docket that I made after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, see y'all all in the next one. Goodbye. The intro and outro music are clips from Dead Inside on Patricia Taxon's album Little Spoon, which can be found on patriciataxon.bandcamp.com. I took a break at the CVS pharmacy, put on my Sunday clothes like in Barnaby. Big ups, I'm out. I'm an unholy trinity of dipped dabs and caffeinated sandwich meat. I'll concede that I might have caused a bit of this, but as the minute is, I don't know what I want or what I'm messing up. So turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. Let's make art and get fucked.